Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Rooster Team Radio. We just wanted to advise you that these episodes were taped before the releases of certain talent from the Let's Play family in late 2020. In the interest of protecting you, our listeners, we wanted to provide a warning to those that may feel uncomfortable hearing those individuals referenced in this recording. Thank you. Rooster Teeth fans, welcome back to another episode of Rooster Team Radio. Today, we are going to be breaking down the first week of RTX 2020. Now, this year, it's a little bit different than previous years. Obviously, everybody, it, like, the world is in a weird place right now, but we are going to be doing our best to give you coverage of all the stuff that we got to watch this week, and we'll be coming back next week uh, for, for part two of this awesome, fun stuff. But in the meantime, let me go ahead and introduce the fantastic people who are going to be talking with me today. Uh, calling in from all the way across the country, we have the internet's Mark B. Donica. It's me. I'm actually in the internet right now, and it's a wild place. You're <laughs> Wait, wait. So like Genlock wise, are you like in the internet? No comment. No, dude, if you are in a Tron situation, you have to tell me. There's like a That's rule a about rule. that. <laughs> If you're, it's like if you're a cop, I have to. Or you have to tell me, or else it's against the law. Exactly. If you fight for the users, you have to let us know. If you fight, on, if you die on the cop, grid, cop. you die for real life. That is actually true. That, that's this accurate. Is actually true. <laughs> <laughs> and then also joining me, uh, I think in the real world, Katie Collin. Wouldn't you like to know? I, uh, now <laughs> I, I definitely do. Like if Mark is in the internet, I have to know: Are you actually physically here? I'm actually a synthetic copy. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate this year is a little different in the same way I appreciate, and the sun is slightly warm. <laughs> uh, plot twist, Katie's been an LMD this whole time. And well, uh, <laughs> I took that trip to Tahiti. Did, did you not notice? All right, we're digging into into <laughs> stuff for other shows, uh, which I would love to talk about. Hit me up on Twitter. But anyway, speaking of, I'm Megan Salinas. And uh, yeah, guys, we are going to be breaking down this uh, this year's RTX. Uh, sadly, our co-host Stacey Shuttleworth can't join us today, but please tweet at her, send her all of your love, and hopefully she'll be able to join us next week for uh, our larger discussion on all of these fun stuff. Because Megan needs another real human on the panel, and neither Mark nor I are cutting it anymore. The what funny part about when you said that was your voice kind of did like a digital hold, and it sounded like you were a program, and that messed with me a little bit. It was like, human. Zencaster does that sometimes. It's fun. Now you guys both have me questioning about whether or not I'm real. Am I in the matrix? Am I in the mind frame? I don't, I don't, guys, I don't know. I don't know what's real anymore. It, nothing would make me happier than to find out that all of 2020 was just a simulation. <laughs> that would be pretty dope. So say we uh, Anyway. <laughs> anyway, on that note, let's go ahead and get the ball rolling. Uh, guys, let's go ahead and start off with Mark. What was your just overall impression of this first week? So it, it, it's hard to live up to certain expectations because there are years when RTX is absolutely ridiculous and they announce new project after new project after new project. Oh, we're getting a season of this again. Or, oh, this cast member is, or this, this actor is joining the cast or whatever. And so far it's been 
lighter than that. And, and it's not necessarily to say that it's a bad thing, but it's just, hey, we're getting sort of a soft reboot of Red versus Blue. And we're going to talk about that in both episodes. But there's a couple of franchises coming back that I'm excited for. I, I wish that the turnaround for the panels, like I understand that there's some, ex- they're, they're hanging on to some exclusivity, but if it's, oh, I missed this panel just as it was starting, the way that their live service works is you can't sort of scroll back to the beginning of the panel. Now I got to wait three, four days, which is a, an eternity, especially when you're looking for new content. But uh, it's one of those things of when am I going to get to watch this again? Or, oh, did I miss this merch drop? Or it's a lot, it's a lot different, but it's still kind of the same, I suppose. It's a lot easier to keep an eye on all of the stuff that's coming out. But I wish the no this makes it sound like it's a bad thing i wish the the quality of the stuff that was coming out was a little bit more consistent let's let's say that and and i'll I'll talk a little bit more about that when we get in the first night (laughs) we will we will dig in how about you katie first impressions of this week I appreciate that they were able to do this at all, to be completely honest. I'm I'm a little bit thousand yard stare into the void that for most time zones, this is taking place during nine to five work hours. So it can be a little difficult to divide your attention and hopefully, you know, work is chill about you listening to things on the clock. So I appreciate the panel replays over the weekends but I almost wish that they had saved some of their bigger stuff for the weekends to accommodate the people who are working nine to fives and are still essential employees out taking care of things. Like I get it and I get why they did it. And I get that it helps to space all these panels out. So it's not having to worry about, well, do I want to watch this panel or this panel or this panel? Cause they're all at the same time and I got to choose. Like I appreciate that it's just one by one by one and you can tune in when you like but the timing of it all during the day is, to me, it's it's a decision. It's it's an interesting decision. <laughs> that's that that's a much better way of putting what I was saying too. You put it a lot more eloquently than I did. <laughs> yeah, I, I, certainly a decision is one of those if you can't say anything nice sort of way. <laughs> like again. I really appreciate that they're doing this and then pre-recording panels that they wouldn't have been able to schedule otherwise so that we still get that content. Like this is not an easy undertaking. And I really do appreciate that instead of just going, well, it's not happening at all. They're going, we are doing our best and we are going to make it happen. Like I do love that. So all of my criticism in terms of timing and in terms of content Please take that with the grain of salt of, holy shit, we're getting an RTX in the year of our Lord 2020. Yes. <laughs> I I like what you touched on there uh, because the, the one of the biggest challenges in terms of trying to do coverage of a convention, um, you know, in a normal year is trying to be everywhere at once. There are just, there are a lot of overlapping um, events and panels and it like especially with a team uh, uh like ours where there are only four of us and we can only be in so many places at the same time trying to cover as much as we can uh like it can, that can present some challenges every year so i i definitely appreciate the the scheduling sort of one panel at a time 
thing that they're they're doing. That does make things a lot easier. But yeah, it's like I think they're doing the best that they can under the current circumstances and I appreciate that they're doing this at all, like Katie said. And uh, yeah, more more than anything else, I just have thoughts on like the overall content as opposed to the way that it's being presented. So mm. uh, I think on that note, I mean, I think it also goes without saying that all four of us miss RTX. We miss being, we miss being together. We miss getting to see the the people that that we get to talk to on Twitter and on Discord all the time. So. RTX is always a nice time to like get to touch base with all those people and well, hang out. Well, I wanted out. to ask actually, do, have you guys reached out to any of the people that we normally talk to from like casts or crews? I haven't because I'm just like I'm just too sad. <laughs> well, no, I, because life is exhausting and I have no spoons right now. I totally understand. I I reached out to to a couple of people that I normally interview and was just like, hey, happy RTX, hope you're well, just because being in and around this type of stuff is like, oh, I wish I could talk to that person. Oh, I wish I could talk to that person. And I did recently find out that the Salt Lake Barbecue, uh, the, one of the, the most famous barbecue places from uh, the Austin area, delivers their like sauces and rubs. So, hey, you can have Austin barbecue at home. And I know I'm saying this during RTX, but if, you, if you're missing that, uh, that barbecue uh, type of stuff, give it a shot at home uh, if, and, and visit the Salt Lake website because that's what we did. Nice. I, <laughs> I definitely went the barbecue route, but I found a hole-in-the-wall joint locally owned evidently just opened during the pandemic and my god it was transcendent did so, you go to the place that i sent you to uh no Ooh, you gotta no, it was another i i don't do barbecue very often <laughs> fair enough so that's why i was asking for recommendations instead of already having one in my back pocket but my god this is some of the best brisket i've ever had in my life and they had a tres leches cake that was a special. And I'm like, oh, cool. I'll have a slice of that. And I thought it was going to be like a slice of cake. And then it was like six inches square. It nice. was they, they gave me my own tiny tres leches cake. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Oh, Hashtag my worth God. It. Hashtag Just worth it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Unbelievably good. So if you are not able to ship Salt Lick to you, Find your little joint, find your local neighborhood joint and give them some business. Yeah, support keep local them, businesses. Keep them in production during the quarantine. I'm, I miss the Tex-Mex places we would eat at. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Iron Cactus on 6th Cactus. Street? Oh, yep. good stuff. Good stuff. Evidently, Buffalo Billiards has closed down. <gasps> what? what? Yeah. They that, announced it on mm. Twitter. To, to my understanding, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but to my understanding, Buffalo Billiards is no more. Well, this is a travesty. Yeah. Uh, well, and- well, actually, hold on. Um, I think it's a chain. Okay, but the one on Sixth Street. Yeah, but that's but that's not to say that there isn't a uh, a possibility of of some sort of a new location popping up. We're we miss the city very much. <laughs> we do, we do. And on that note, you know, it's a good reminder: support your local restaurants. <clears throat> Sorry, support your local restaurants and your essential workers. 
And clearly, if this is any indication, this part of this discussion is any indication, we need to do an offshoot of Rooster Team Radio uh, where we just talk about the foods that we like, like Food Theory did. So it's it's going to be applicable to people who live in LA, Florida, and Austin, and that's it. End of so, list. So <laughs> Buffalo Billiards. I can talk about stuff from home. Buffalo Billiards did something similar to the LA scene like the um our our favorite place Guildhall they temporarily closed back in March okay cuz they 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 said that hey we're saying goodbye for now and the response to that was be well and take care of each other as soon as it's safe to do so we will reopen okay okay good yeah. i just saw people talking about it like it was gone gone and i'm like uh guys? that was on their twitter itself so okay. unless they updated somewhere else Looks like it's still happening. Katie, you can't also, give us heart attacks like that. I can't. No, that's what the barbecue's for. <laughs> also, Guildhall has reopened for my local LA people. Get some I takeout. Ju- I'm gonna, I need to find people to send me the cans of the cocktails because who oh boy. <laughs> you can't mail booze. <laughs> like, unless tell- you're a company, you can't mail booze. <laughs> tell that to the person who sent me a six, pan of McCl- a six pack of McLeod Ale in one of those. <laughs> So he got he got one of those like basic the 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 flat rate boxes. He put three three books of like writings of Lincoln to pad out the box and the rest was just a thick pack of beer. I mean, technically mailing alcohol is illegal, but that's amazing. Dude, hashtag quarantine life. Like what what are they gonna do? Like, yeah, wow, this I, guy I, might must really need a beer. I'm not gonna sit here and finger wag. Um, but <laughs> on the, like again, that's why I said technically. That's not a judgment. Support your local businesses and support your essential workers. This is very very important. Uh, to get off the food train because we haven't had lunch yet and I'm yeah. starving. Oh, sorry, <laughs> so I just like, ate. I ruined it. <laughs> To, to get off of that, the, the food discussion so that I, I don't go insane <laughs> over the course of the next hour. Too late. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the first panel. So first panel, we got to talk about a couple upcoming shows that Rooster Teeth uh, has coming down the pipeline. You know, they, they also they have new stuff like coming down the line for for apps like their Rooster Teeth is going to be available on Fire TV, Roku. Uh no launch date currently on all that stuff, but uh it's good to know. Uh here uh in in this particular apartment, we have a Fire Stick, so that's good to know. That's going to be great. But we also have Verve on that Fire Stick, which gives us Rooster Teeth stuff anyway, so Yep. <laughs> but it's good to know for people who don't have a Verve account. This is true. Uh, but anyway, so we we have a couple shows coming down the line. And let's go ahead and uh, kick off our discussion on Grudge Night, which was announced and emceed by Jack and Eric. Uh, it's going to premiere on October 7th. And this is basically... Uh, kind of like it, it's the video game equivalent, I I guess, of a of a wrestling competition. I think, uh, Katie, what was your initial take on this? Because I I think everybody on this panel happens to have opinions on this show, how it was presented, and uh, whether or not it was the best choice to sort of kick off RTX, <laughs> just generally speaking. Yeah, when you say that, it makes it very clear what your opinion is already. (laughs) I will say that I am not the target audience for this show. 
I don't consume as much Achievement Hunter content in general, and I am not a wrestling fan. So for the most part, what this was trying to do did not land for me. And again, I was listening to this while I was trying to work, and I just found myself continually losing my train of thought and getting annoyed. Like, this to me, it seems like they're very, very enthusiastic about it, but the enthusiasm did not reach me. And I'm hoping that it will reach other members of the audience more receptive to a show like this, because this being the first, like, 20 minutes of the first panel like I was I was not impressed it was not a strong start for me I do not think I'll be watching this show I I mean not to sound not to reiterate all of those points <laughs> but I'm gonna reiterate all of those points <laughs> oh boy. Uh, not to reiterate all of those points but I I concur to a large degree uh the achievement hunter stuff is never has never been what has drawn me to rooster teeth I've always been more drawn to their scripted stuff and their animated stuff uh their achievement hunter stuff I would watch on occasion but it's never been it's never been my go-to destination for rooster teeth content um and that's not to say that I couldn't get into a show where a video game competition is done like a wrestling competition because I have a lot of friends who who love wrestling and wrestling is something I've never gotten into. But whenever I hear them talk about it and the passion that they have for the different storylines and the and the characters, because that's that's what wrestlers are. They are pre- portraying characters. Anytime I hear them talk about it, it always makes me want to get into it because they they seem to talk about it with the same passion that like anime fans talk about their favorite anime shows. And so it's always something I've been intrigued by, but I've never actually gotten into. So sitting down for something like this, I had an open mind and I had an open heart and I go, hey, like if they're going to do this like a wrestling thing, let's see how wrestling stuff goes down. And yeah, I I could actually physically feel the wind going out of my sails <laughs> the longer this first panel went on. And um I recently actually covered a movie uh, for for a friend's podcast where literally about 10 minutes into it, I started thinking about all of the other stuff I could be doing other than watching that movie uh, in terms of becoming a better person and bettering my life. And my mind started to wander to that same train of thought as I was watching this initial panel. And that's not to say that, like... I feel bad saying that because much like Katie, I'm not the target audience for this, even though I'm open to the idea of getting into wrestling. Like I'm not a wrestling fan and I'm not an achievement hunter fan. So even being open to it, I, I fully I fully acknowledge that I'm not the target demo, but it's always a red flag for me personally. If I start watching something and I start and my mind starts wandering off to places I could be and thinking about things I could be doing in lieu of watching the thing that I'm watching. So it's not for me, but like, I hope this show does okay. And I know that this is, uh, Jeremy's, Jeremy is running the show, right? I believe he's the showrunner. Yeah, he's the showrunner. 
like I'm hoping that like he like I I'm hoping that this lands for the key demo because I I fully acknowledge that I'm not I'm not in that realm. So it doesn't land for me, but I hope it lands for somebody who's more into wrestling. Mark, you have a little bit more insight into this world and you have oh, a lot of passion yeah. for the sport. What's your two cents on this? We'd like to sit back and hear what the expert has to say. So I'm I'm going to say this. Um, I, I watched the first night panel twice for a couple of reasons, but one, um, I watched it the first time by myself and the second time I watched it with my wife and we're both sort of in the wrestling world. And we we're thinking about doing some, if, if people are interested, we, you know, we do the uh, let's play family forum about the let's play family adjacent stuff, like the hardcore mini golf and the things like that. If people want us to talk about it, we'll talk about it. But in terms of this announcement, this was the trailer was fine. The trailer was good. It did what it needed to do, but they didn't then explain anything that was going on. They just jumped into, hi, I'm Eric and I'm, uh, I'm Jack and I'm Eric. We're your hosts for grudge night. We're going to settle some scores. And I'm like, is it like with it being the achievement hunter brand, you kind of assume that it's going to be gaming, a gaming competition but there wasn't a mention of gaming until about halfway through Jeremy's promo. And that presented a bit of a disconnect already. Um, it sounds like it they're treating Achievement Hunter and Rooster Teeth as one entity, even though they don't normally do that. They usually treat Achievement Hunter as its own thing. But when Jeremy was talking about winning the tournament, he wanted to represent rooster teeth there is a lot of like conflicting and muddled messaging in here and overall just as an announcement there wasn't a, like the necessary information didn't get out until a little while long like a little while after and once jeremy was like yes the game that i'm picking it's like oh so somebody picks a game like they didn't explain the rules and that's one of the things that i think could have helped and megan you mentioned like this not being like you're you're not being the target demographic, and one of the issues that I have with that, just kind of in general, is the last first night that we attended, they showed hardcore tabletop, and we absolutely adored it, and that was exclusively an achievement hunter let's play family like product that you bring appealed. up an excellent point. <laughs> yeah, so so that's a thing of this brand and this group are capable of doing stuff outside of the quote target demographic. But I think as, as somebody who has been in and around the wrestling industry, there's a lot of stuff that could be done to help sort of like crystallize the message and make it, make it a lot more of a universal idea that, more people can understand and go, oh, okay, because they're going to be settling grudges. And they give us a good example of a grudge that has been in the Achievement Hunter fandom for a while. But what what else can we look forward to? And then they said that there was a tournament. But okay, it's for... Uh, this is another thing that that just gets me as somebody who's in the industry is when they go, this belt is important. It makes it feel like a prop and the way that they were talking about it made it feel like a prop as opposed to the this represents being the absolute best and i'm going to wear i'm going to i'm going to hold that championship with pride blah 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 blah. it's all in how you present things 
and the way that they presented things made it feel oh this is a prop oh i'm so huh, i hate i hate saying it like this but <laughs> um i was i was talking to uh well what we were tweeting about it in in the rtx panel we were tweeting about it we were in the rtx uh board on discord and jeremy said something to the effect of we all know that a person didn't just get thrown through a table you know that and that's not that's not the best way to describe professional wrestling to people because it's like yeah yeah he did but you have to make us care as to why that person did like did the throwing or was thrown through do we care about that person why and and it feels like there's a lack of storytelling so far the Mm -hmm. what seems to be pretty firm well i say the what seems to be more established than the why especially when you have this tournament that's supposed to determine a champion you have to get us cheering for people and i think jeremy put himself in a in a bad position of being both a competitor and a showrunner because he had to talk about the show and be in character at the same time but he didn't seem to be as confident about his character so when he was giving information it made you want to tune out or not believe him or anything along those lines and and i think that did a big disservice to the whole announcement um it also and and sort of the last uh, the last sort of major criticism that i'll say is it doesn't the presentation doesn't feel like a wrestling show but more of a wrestling fan trying to make a wrestling show and that comes off pretty pretty clearly to me and ultimately my favorite part of the 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 thing that gives me hope for the show was ryan's segment slash promo (laughs) because he has theater experience and his character was you do things on the like as a result of this grudge from the salt raid years ago was learn by doing do things on the fly and he took that and spoke like that he didn't just say learn by doing i learned by doing and i'm gonna learn by doing he didn't say that but he applied that to his character and became this off the cuff whatever i'm not gonna train that's not what i'm all about like he he actually he did what (laughs) he did what characters are supposed to do and instead of saying something they're they're doing something and and so ryan's understanding of character work and and to a lesser extent fredo's gives me a little bit more hope i i really hope that this show because some becomes something because it i feel like it can be good i but there there's some they've shot some stuff it sounds like but i i hope that there's more time to for them to learn all right how do we do this well but seeing how sort of tight tight fisted the like the powers that be might be for new content uh and for content like living up to a certain expectation i don't know if they'll get another shot if this doesn't go well to to that end do you think maybe it would have helped if instead of playing a character um or or a competitor if jeremy's character was something like an mc or a referee instead of a competitor I think he could have done what he was doing if he there there's a certain type of character. There I mean there are general manager characters that get into the action 
fairly frequently. And it, it's almost a trope at this point <laughs> where it's, it's the I'm the one with all the power, so I'm going to be making all of the right decisions. And you can still do that while talking trash and being a competitor. There is a way to do it. He just didn't do it. And and okay. he so I, I I just I wonder if he knows exactly what's happening and it's it's also difficult because wrestling's predetermined it is a written television show where it seems like this is going to be written up until the match and then whatever happens happens and there are ways that you can prepare for the next steps without like giving away the ending or thinking that you threw the match or whatever. There are ways that you can prepare. And I don't know if any of that preparation has been done. I don't know how much they've shot. I don't know if it's going to be live. I don't know if it's going to be pre-taped, but I hope that whoever Jeremy went to or whoever the team went to is providing them with all right, here are all of our options. Here's what we can do. Because ultimately, anything with this company, you want it to succeed. Because if it succeeds, it gives more people opportunities as opposed to let's just stick to what we know and what makes us money. And so I, I ultimately, I hope that this does well so that they can get a proper championship title. Because using a toy WWE championship with pieces of paper over it is what I did in high school with my backyard league. And it's very, <laughs> it's, it, it just makes it, it puts a further dent in sort of the credibility and the excitement of, oh, well, they don't have a budget. So they can't even, they can't even figure something out to make it special. It's, oh no, it, what it does is it's, it's sort of like a subconscious, oh, this is a copy of something. This isn't its mm. own thing. This is this is a copy because they're using that, and I recognize that. So yeah, that I think is the best way that I could put it. The other thing that the, in terms of just this whole presentation was this got the most time, so it made me think that the rest of the show was gonna have these twenty twenty five minute long presentations, and it didn't, which made me a little bit more mad at the at the presentation on top of it. Yeah, that. that... <laughs> Part of the reason I watched the first night panel and went, hey, we should watch it is because I'd seen the crew for RVB Zero on Twitter talking about, hey, if you're interested in the show, y'all need to watch the first night panel. And I was like, okay, I'm in it to win it. Let's go. And then the first 20, 25 minutes are this wrestling show that's just not hitting home with me. It was, uh, I, I feel you there. It was frustrating. It it was rough to get through, but uh, yeah, to 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 Mark's point, nobody's rooting for this show to fail, no. and I think we uh, we should also probably acknowledge that probably the impetus for or for Rooster Teeth producing a show like this is because of the current climate that we're living in. <laughs> you know, uh, a, a video game competition show is one where it's just like, yeah, that can be done remotely. Um, so it makes sense to do a show like this. Um, I think I speak for everybody here when we say, yeah, uh, didn't really land for any of us, but we hope that they can pull it all together. Um, do we have any final thoughts on Grudge Night before we move on to something that like 100% like we are doing a 180 <laughs> tonally speaking on? No, let's just go. Mark, any final thoughts? Um, I, I, as much I said, as much as I think I'm going to. <laughs> okay, so sorry, Grudge Knight. Um, 
again, we're rooting for you. Hope hope you can turn it around. Uh, but let's move on to something that we are all genuinely really excited for. Dead Little Roosters. Uh, it's the continuation of 10 and 11 Little Roosters, although it sounds like this one's going to be a little bit more of an anthology. And for those who, uh, those of you who didn't tune in to 10 Little Roosters or 11 Little Roosters, it's basically Rooster Teeth doing a murder mystery comedy. It's, it's a lot like seeing Rooster Teeth do their variation on Clue. And, uh, the first season was very Agatha Christie and the second season sort of moved away from that and became more of like a spy sort of globe trotting. Uh, we're going to get to the bottom of this mystery sort of deal, which uh, both were entertaining. Although me personally, I always have a preference for the Agatha Christie esque stories. Although it is fair to point out that Agatha Christie also wrote a couple spy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so uh, to each his own, but like, I love the, the, and then there were none sort of setup that we get with a lot of Agatha Christie esque stories. And that's exactly what 10 little roosters was. So guys, what was your initial thought uh, hearing that 10 little roosters was coming back? Let's go ahead and start with Mark. So it was the setup to this was really weird. The banter was uh, interesting, but um, the setup to this was like Gus has really been doing stuff with Black Box Down, which is his podcast about like airline disappearances. And so I was like, okay, maybe it's just like serial serializing one of the more mysterial mysterious aspects of the thing. And then once it was like it started showing the close-ups of the stuff. I was like, no, don't do this to me. Don't, don't make me think that it's going to be one thing. It's going to be another because similarly, Megan, when I was growing up in school, one of my favorite books was 10 little Indians and like back in seventh grade, reading the book and then watching the black and white film. And like, I absolutely adored it. So when they did 10 little roosters back in, uh, 20, I want to say 2011 or 2012. Was I think. was it that long ago? No, Rude. it no. was no. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> uh, it was it was when we were well into doing our, ch- our 2014. Okay, 2014. 2014. Okay, it was 2014. Okay, was 2014. that was a stab in the dark, and I was hoping and praying that I was right. Hashtag Damn. same. Um, but regardless, seeing seeing that this is coming back. And the the announcement for so that was one thing, and then seeing Issa was like fuck yeah, dude, and then seeing Fiona and Fredo was like fuck yeah, dude, but then seeing that Josh was one returning to to work on the show and was collaborating with Fiona on it made me the like the most hype. It, what a what a wonderful announcement and a way to bring something back that was so much fun. And I watched all of Eleven, but I didn't really like it because I liked the how much more sort of personal and how much of a love letter to the community Ten Little Roosters was. And it looks like they're going back to that with Dead Little Roosters. Yeah, I, I concur. Katie, what what were your thoughts on this? Honestly, when they when they teed it up and they started showing it, I was watching this trailer going, huh, this looks a lot like Clue. This reminds me of Clue. Having completely forgotten that 10 and 11 little <laughs> roosters existed. <laughs> like, quarantine brain is a hell of a drug, you guys. 
So doing that and going, huh, huh, oh, dead, oh, yeah, they did this before, didn't they? And we're bringing back the make your guesses, it's interactive, kind of. Like, I have been, I'm an Overwatch League person, and every time I submit a bracket, it's a thousand percent off, no matter what I do. So I'm particularly terrible at trying to figure out where things are going, either in plots or sporting events, so I'm always way off on my predictions, but... I am intrigued by this. They did specifically say that it was not connected to 10 or 11 Little Roosters and that it's its own thing and more of an anthology. And I like that. I like that idea of a fresh start. And I'm just very excited for this. This looks like so much fun. And I think that's what we need. Just some ridiculous fun. I'm in. Yeah. The So I was really excited to hear from Josh and Fiona more about what was going into the production of it similarly to the 15 minutes that we got from 15 to 25 minutes we got from grudge night but they they seemingly had three minutes and then signed off and that made me upset but what little we did get from it is that they're doing it in a wes anderson style and it's it's currently being shot or shooting and it's going to be pretty pretty it says coming soon um and there was a little bit more information so just in general i highly recommend everybody watch effing around with iffy and fiona it's a wonderful show and it it might clue you into some new creators in and around the world of nerddom and gaming but in the rtx panel for effing around with iffy and fiona uh, a couple of more little tidbits came through where uh they were asking like fiona was in a meeting and she's like if there is a project that you could do what would you want to do and she said oh something like a murder mystery and (laughs) and they went excellent well well, you know we did that and she went a word and so they (laughs) they connected her with josh and josh wanting to work with fiona is what sort of brought this dead little roosters back to life and then uh on top of michael barbara isa blaine fiona alfredo and maybe josh because he was at least in the trailer but he could be involved uh (laughs) if he essentially all but confirmed that he's gonna be in it uh he (laughs) he was talking about yeah so when i'm in in texas in a couple of months for a project that might have been announced earlier this week and if you and and fiona was like i wonder what project that could be (laughs) Just like begrudgingly. So um, if y'all don't know Ify Wadaway, he's absolutely wonderful and probably an achievement hunter now, which is another <laughs> thing that happened in that panel. Um, but yeah, there, there's going to be a, an interesting variety of talent and a new fresh spin on everything. And I can't wait. Uh, Didn't the trailer also say that Bernie was going to be in it? But it was Eric. <laughs> so, okay. If 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 you're if if not, if you're not familiar, um, I don't know if it was on the what podcast it was on, but since uh, or it might have just been on Twitter, but since Bernie left the company, Eric was like, "All right, I get to I I'm calling new Bernie." I am the Bernie now. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm Bernie now. So so we <laughs> don't know. End, I'm actually I would not be surprised if Bernie did show up or if Bernie was the murderer. <laughs> Or, or it like, so we don't know if, oh, Eric is also a cast member or if that's just a joke and actual Bernie's going to be in and we just didn't get him in for this promo. So who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but it could be anything and you got to love the possibilities. 
Hearing that story, Mark, warms my heart to no end because that's just that's just the magic of collaborating with good people. It just it makes me so happy to hear that that's how uh, Dead Little Roosters came to be. So yeah, I I think on that note, we're all excited. Uh, do we have any final thoughts on Dead Little Roosters or what might be coming down the line for this show uh, before before we move on? I do think Bernie did it. <laughs> Uh, Again, shows in the time of quarantine, it's going to be interesting to see production-wise how they do everything. Uh, But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I would say if anybody hasn't watched 10 Little Roosters, like if you're newer into the fandom, it'll take you about 45 minutes. Like after we watched the the first night panel, I turned it on and we were (laughs) done in a snap. And my wife guessed who the the killer was within like two episodes. I wish I had that skill. I am so, like Katie said, uh, I am so bad at trying to, like, I love murder mysteries, but I am so bad at trying to figure them out that, like, I end up going, that person did it every time a new character comes on screen so that by the time we get to the end of the reveal, I can say, totally called it. (laughs) If you guess that it's everyone, you can't be wrong. (laughs) That's true. That's very true. I'm good at guessing plot twists when it's not something that you need to actually figure out. (laughs) Sit me down in front of like fantasy tropes or whatever. And I'm like, oh yeah, this and this, and then probably this and 10 to one odds. This is a thing that happens, but you sit me down in front of something that actually needs to be solved. And I'm like, yeah, no pressure plot twist. That's a good, that's a good thing to copyright (laughs) and put on a shirt. Well, anybody who's familiar with our Ruby podcast knows that like if, like prediction wise, my strategy is just throw everything at the wall. And that way, when something happens in the show, you can be like, yeah, see, I called it. <laughs> you all got really mad at me for calling one of the things in Ruby last season. Oh, let's not go there. <laughs> no. Let's go, but, let's go there in a little bit. Yeah, go we'll, somewhere else we'll, first. we'll go there in a little bit. But yeah, the only other thing I want to say is that like seeing Dead Little Roosters coming back. I I mentioned that the wind kind of went out of my sails uh, during the grudge night portion of the panel. I immediately felt it come back. And it was just, it was just the thing I needed to get me hyped for the rest of the panel. So I'm looking forward to it. On that note, what sort of, I guess, um, was our sort of driving factor for sitting down and watching the first panel was the announcements uh, that there was going to be stuff related to RVB Zero. And that, like, the 18th season of Red versus Blue coming up. So, of course, we sat down. And we're going to dig more into Red versus Blue after, like, next week after we've gotten a chance to sit down and watch the Red versus Blue panel. But let's go ahead and give some spoilery, spoiler-free thoughts on what was presented during this panel. So like I said, don't worry, guys, we will be digging into it more next week. But for right now, Katie, what was your initial take on RVB Zero? I'm halfway between hype and just utter exhaustion. (laughs) And this is, I I think for the, well, I want to talk a little bit about the technical stuff that they showed us before they showed us the episode. And that's part of the reason that we're saying spoiler free and keeping it till next week, because they did show us the first episode of the season in its entirety. So saving just the technical stuff and the story beats that we know outside of that. I love that we're using the unreal engine. I love that we're using it for this and the virtual camera 
that they showed us where they could essentially put a camera in the space with the characters and move it around, giving them much more dynamic camera movements. I adore this. And then watching it be put to use during this premiere episode was unbelievable. Like, it doesn't quite feel like the RVB that we know and love. It's a little too, I want to say slick for that, but that's not a bad thing. They have done some incredible stuff with the technology here and with what they're using, and I cannot wait to see how it's used throughout the season. Um, so that's that's part of the hype. Part of the hype is the intro to our new characters was fantastic. I love these people. I am in it. The exhaustion part, I think, comes from being part of this fandom for so long and being so deep into it. And I'm seeing this reaction as not necessarily unique to the corner of fandom that I'm in, but it's it's definitely a thing the longer that you've been here and the more invested that you've been in these characters. Because this show, RVB Zero, was pitched as it's brand new. We have new characters, we have a new corner of the galaxy, we're doing something completely different, and everyone who's been here for seasons one through seventeen is like, okay, all right, we're gonna we're gonna put everything else on a shelf and we're gonna come in here completely fresh and it's gonna be great. And then Jen Brown, whom I love and adore and support, tweeted out that Carolina would be in the season and gave us a very funny picture of Carolina with her arm in a cast and the cast being over the armor, which peak RVB humor there. But that and watching the episode was just kind of this moment of, oh, okay, we're still tying it to other things. We're still there. And all of that fresh, new, completely fresh start enthusiasm kind of wanes a little bit. So having watched the episode, I love our new characters. I love our new villains. Uh, Edgar is the one in the armor and Knife Sombra are my new favorite villains and I adore them. Um, I know everyone really likes our main villain. I guess his name is Zero. And I'm like, he's cool. He's got an Australian accent. I like him. But guys, Knife Sombra. Like, <laughs> give me that. I know she has a name. I know Ryan's new character has a name. But as far as I'm concerned, until I can remember what those names are, Edgar is the one in the armor and Knife Sombra. We're taking it. So there were parts of this where it was a little bit of trope fatigue and a little bit of, okay, I thought we were doing a fresh start, but it turns out not really. But there was so much in here that I found to be so good. The animation, the music, the fight choreography, a lot of the jokes actually had me cackling. I think they've got this. I'm, I am in it to win it for this one. I will be watching this and I will be attempting to shake off a little bit of that we're, we're, we're still doing this fatigue and going in with as much of a fresh mind as I can, because I really did enjoy this episode. Mark, what were your thoughts? So I, I also like the virtual camera. It makes it feel a lot more grounded and gritty. And it, it makes it feel the, the fact that somebody's actually holding a camera makes it feel like a show it like not to say that it has never been a show before but a lot of the camera work has been like clean or locked off shots or stuff that you can all all types of camera work but not handheld and and getting a handheld field for this field makes it awesome um i i knew that like katie had you not heard that there was going to be some connection 
because I, I did like a month or so ago that there was going to be some sort, you, you some sort of a connection to previous seasons. They didn't tell us what it was, but I, I thought that was pretty clear. I had not. I okay. most of what I'd seen had just been completely fresh, completely new, no connections. Let's go. I thought it was. I thought it after hearing the oh there's going to be some connections i thought it was going to be a lot more overt of like a here, here's the team or like a hey we can like somebody somebody calls them and they're like we can't make it to the phone right like i thought it was going to be something really like silly dumb and and like something super very on the nose. red versus blue something yeah. very red versus blue <laughs> yeah seeing how how carolina was going to get involved was a bit of a surprise and the other person that way that they brought back especially for me as somebody who hasn't finished the most recent season was a bit of a surprise as well um but i guess we'll talk about that more next week when more people get an opportunity to watch the episode if they replay first night they'll probably replay the episode highly recommend that you go watch it yes absolutely watch it it was it was a lot of fun I I concur. I was thoroughly impressed. Um, Mark, you touched on some of the technical aspects that they're doing filming-wise. And yeah, it's it looks really, really cool. Um, to that end, though, it is it is different. Uh it definitely like having that handheld camera um, you know, definitely makes the show look different than it has in previous seasons. And this is a reminder that animation and mach- like machinima animation versus motion capture animation are two very different things. So it will be interesting seeing how much of the show is motion capture and how much is machinima. I almost want to say just based on what we saw that there isn't any machinima in this season, but I'm not sure. It's entirely possible that for this first episode, they really pulled out all the stops for the animation and whatnot to really show people what they were capable of top of the line. But I would not be surprised if we did get machinima here and there. I'm I'm honestly not sure. We'll see. Oh, with the Unreal Engine, it's like, with that being mentioned, it's like, okay, like the rendering is being done in real time, but like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we could do anything. Basically, can't wait for this season. Can't wait for the Blu-ray so we can watch the behind the scenes Uh uh, featurettes on how all this is put together. Uh, RVB Zero is dropping on October 19th. Do we have any final thoughts on uh, this first look at the show and what we can anticipate? Mark, any final thoughts? <sighs> no, I think I think I got everything out that I could say behind a spoiler wall. I did see some discussion on the language used saying that it was dropping October 19th, where it would, people were wondering if it was going to be premiering and doing week by week episodes like normal, or if it would be dropping like a Netflix season all at once. So I did see some discussion about fan questions as to whether it's going to be a episode by episode season or a Netflix style, here's the whole thing, go nuts. Um, We will probably find out more about that in the panel. I'm hoping for week by week because I think if it's an entire season, I will just experience overload and expire. <laughs> yeah, Torian Torian in the tech video said, see it all when it drops. And and that could have been just a catch-all phrase of see all of this new technology when episode one drops, but it was just the way that he said it. So Yeah. Yeah. 
Place so, your bets now, I suppose. <laughs> All things to keep in mind, and we'll definitely get into more of the nitty-gritty of this episode in particular after the RVV panel later this week. So let's go ahead and move on uh, to uh, another panel that we were really excited about, um, and that's the Scholastic panel. Uh, so like, we had one of the things that's been really great about you know, getting to be a Rooster Teeth fan over the last couple of years is seeing how um, their different shows have sort of branched off into multimedia stuff. Like Genlock has gotten the the comics. Uh, Ruby has gotten a number of comics and uh, two young adult novels. And, and a board game. <laughs> and a board game. and Manga, <laughs> art books, all sorts of stuff. All sorts Ruby of stuff. is the franchise darling. Let's be real. And we will touch on that. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit about Genlock first. Uh, so we've got an upcoming Genlock book written by Melissa Scott. And apparently she's been, I, I'm not familiar with her work, but apparently she's been writing cyberpunk stuff since the 80s and the 90s. And the upcoming novel is called Storm Coming. Storm which Warning. Focuses- Star- oh, sorry. I wrote right. that wrong. These I have, are my notes I have the am- I wrote that wrong. I have the Amazon page up. So <laughs> Thank you. I do. I, I love the conversation that they had with Melissa because she was on this panel and they were talking with her about, well, how did you feel? What did you do when you initially were asked to write for, um, were asked to write for Genlock? And she said that she got the, she got the offer and she went, huh. And went to go watch Genlock, watched the first episode, and she said she called seven or eight different people and read them the riot act for not telling her about this show. It's like, this is amazing. Why didn't you tell me about this? You knew it existed. You knew I'd like it. Why didn't you tell me? (laughs) So she was absolutely 100% charming on this panel, and I adore her. Because I guess she's been writing cyberpunk for going on 30 years at this point. Dude, I've got her Wikipedia page up. Like, if there's a more perfect person to write in the Genlock world, or just, she she sounds like an amazing woman. Um, Most of her stories, uh, most of her protagonists are gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, but they're not the focus of the stories. They focus... uh, explicitly on issues of sexuality and gender she's a harvard grad like she's written over 24 books uh in like stargate in star trek as well as original stories like if if i didn't if i wasn't absolutely down already from just the panel looking more into her and her career is like hell yeah dude this lady rocks (laughs) we stand a queen seriously man yeah, it sounds like they absolutely got the right person for the job, and it sounds like she has a hell of a resume. Um, so yeah, it's really exciting, and especially because I think we've all been like sitting on the edge of our seat, going like, "Hey, when are we gonna get like season two news? Like, hey guys, could you could you give us some season two news? Anything, anything?" Um, but this this upcoming novel, uh, Storm Warning. It's uh, Cammy is the main character, which makes sense if it's a young adult novel, having the protagonist be a young adult. 
Uh, so the sort of plot synopsis is that the team is called uh, to rescue refugees from a hurricane, uh, and they save the refugees, but they all become stuck in the storm. And Cammy is convinced that one of the refugees is a union agent and must convince the rest of the group. And the story sort of goes from there. So, guys, what do you think about getting a novel from Cammy's perspective and sort of getting this opportunity for more world building and character development? Uh, let's go ahead and start with Katie. It's a spy thriller starring an angry Scottish teenage hacker. <laughs> Sign me up. Like, we, we. <laughs> And this is not the first time we've had a union agent infiltrate the ranks. Like this, this has happened before traumatically. So I'm, I'm here for this. I am interested. And then hearing Melissa talking about, yeah, she wanted to write Cammy because she's the only civilian in a group of people with military experience. She wants to look more into Cammy as a person, Cammy's experience as being thrown into war, essentially. And then, explore the consequences of that like the nemesis attack which whew, you, you ever forget that something happened and then someone goes hey this and you go oh that's right oh shit like i love genlock but i need to go back and rewatch genlock so hearing her talk about oh yeah and i definitely want to look more into like the consequences and the trauma of experiencing these things and i'm like oh oh i'm here I, I need this book now. I just, I, I need it for so many reasons. Please give it to me. Yeah, I I, I like the idea because I, I, I have been, not to not to jump ahead into other portions of our panel, but I, I've enjoyed the, the Ruby young adult novel books. But one thing that I, I just tend to, overall speaking, I kind of like having a locked perspective when it comes to a novel. Like either... And so, like, the perspective for the Ruby novels kind of jumps from person to person, uh, which isn't a bad thing, but uh, I really like being with one character for an entire journey. So I like that Cammie's our protagonist. I like that we're going to be sticking with her and that this is her journey. And I, I'm also, I, honestly, I'm just excited to get back into the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to be so fun. Mark, what are your thoughts? I liked how one of, one of the things that I had initially thought when I was like, ah, it's going to be a Cammy book. Wait, this is a young adult book. How much cussing are they going to let slide by? And <laughs> let Cammy swear. Let Cammy swear. They're 2020. Gonna. The fact that they they figured out a way to get around it will be interesting to find out. Uh, like what they do if it's just as simple as a swear jar or or whatever it might be. But same, I'm excited to get back into the world of Genlock. Like just before RTX, there was an announcement of the writer's room for season two. And that sounds like there isn't a lot that's been done when it comes to writing season two. <laughs> but uh, I guess we'll talk about more that more next week. And I think it's interesting that we're going to we're still going to be getting Cammy visiting the ether and experiencing some level, some version of her backstory that has a significant effect on her i think I, this whole this whole book sounds like an interesting character study on i think everybody's favorite character or at least one of everybody's maybe top favorite character from the series and the fact that they tease that a second book is starting to get worked on for also from cammy's perspective was 
great and it and it made me also go back and go oh they did a trade of all of the uh, of the genlock comics or at least the first like the first no they all of all of that first series that they did that they talked about in the panel about um about heading to japan was is is in a a trade and it's like 17 bucks so bloody check it out because i i'm gonna pick that up as well as long yeah as well as pre-ordering store morning Yes. And uh, did we get a release? Uh, yes, the, the we did get a release date for the book itself. It's uh, going to be available October 6th. So yeah, I think we'll, I think that's another one I'm putting on my, uh, on my, on my list of stuff that I need to pick up the next time I order a book from our local bookstore. So yay. Well, and ro- the Rooster Teeth imprint with Scholastic so far has been amazing. So I'm super excited to see where we're going for this. And I'm, forever laughing about Melissa saying, yeah, if I wrote Cammy true to form, Scholastic would have to burn the book just <laughs> in terms of her swearing. I, again, we stand a queen I'm in and I'm, I'm very excited for this. And I love that in the mentions of book two, we also got that we'll see some characters we haven't seen in a while, which my immediate sarcastic reaction was, isn't that all of them? How long <laughs> has it been since Genlock? A or year? are we going to get another tease of Sinclair being alive? Yeah. But also the comment that it'll take place in the places caught between the polity and the union. Yeah. Which I love this idea. Give me border country. Give me unclaimed country. Give me, give me all of that fun stuff. I'm in. Excited for the world building, excited to get reacquainted with some old friends. So all of this, all of this, all of this looks good, and I cannot wait. Uh, Mark, any final thoughts? Other than I I really hope that I can stick to reading this book, unlike how I did with the Ruby books, because I'm still in the middle of the first one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm in the middle of uh, the second one, so... Fair enough. We we all have we all have to catch up on our reading list, guys. It's really yeah. hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard when like visually, I, I like at the end of the workday, I don't necessarily want to sit down and read to decompress. I like and that's why I do most of my reading via audiobook. I want to just sit down and watch TV and not think about stuff. So sitting down and reading has been very hard. Yeah, I've been rereading things that I have already read, so it's been a lot of Terry Pratchett recently, because it's still good and refreshing, and also occasionally sits here and stabs you in the heart. Like I just reread Going Postal, and with everything happening with the post office, it's like, ah, <laughs> Jeez. Ooh. so it's it's good, but it's it's helpful to already know what happens so consuming new media always requires a certain amount of spoons that you may or may not have during the pandemic it is a hundred percent a brain thing and there's nothing wrong with that anyway reading is good for you no you're but i i absolutely agree like i at the beginning of this i got a whole bunch of books including the the ruby one and i've just been like what if i don't like them and and just (laughs) Just kind of sitting on them. Like I got, I got trades. I got comic trades. I got, I got books. I got some, some stuff by, by black authors. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that I'm just like, I need to, I'm just, I'm just, I'm going to lay down. There is comfort in the familiar. Yes. There's comfort in the familiar. 
I have a literal stack of books on my shelf that have not been read and it's staring me down. But yeah, highly, highly recommend. I have not read the second Ruby book, even though I do own it. The first Ruby book gives us Coco being the only non-disaster lesbian in the entire series, and it's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I listened to the audiobook for After the Fall. I very much enjoyed it, and I am in the middle of Before the Dawn. And I this is one of the reasons why I love audiobooks is like I can listen to it while going on my walks and just the air quality in California hasn't been great lately. So my walks are not going very, they're not happening, (laughs) but it's getting better. So I should be able to get back to it and finish the book soon. So yay. Um, But anyway, uh, we're, we're talking about Ruby books. And I think on that note, Uh, We should take a quick break before we dive into all of the Ruby stuff that we've been talking about during this RTX. So we will touch on that after a quick word. Uh, We want to take this moment to remind you guys that if you haven't done so already, go to iTunes to rate, subscribe, leave a comment. We love hearing from you. We love giving you guys shout outs on our shows. It's, It's one of the things that really helps make us more searchable to people who are looking for more Rooster Teeth related content. And also it just really brightens up our day when we hear from you. So go to iTunes, rate, subscribe, leave a comment. And guys, actually, there are other ways you can touch base with us too. Did you know we have a Discord server? Yes, we have a Discord server where you guys can chat with us and chat with other people um, who enjoy the shows that we put on and just talk about cool things like art and RTX and um, the Rooster Teeth podcast and all sorts of other stuff. And uh, I think for next week, when we do our the second part of this recap, we want to be taking your questions. So Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? So considering this is the placeholder for, and actually, I, I was going to say this is the placeholder for our panel that we usually have at RTX, but we're going way over. <laughs> we, like most RTX panels, we want to hear from you. We want to we want to get some questions. So uh, questions to us, the hosts, about us or about any of the Rooster Teeth stuff that we talk about or any of the stuff that w- maybe you might be watching that we aren't necessarily publicizing that we're watching if you have any questions for us uh go ahead and hit us up in discord we have a, a rooster team radio thread that you can go and drop questions in hit us up on twitter at the rooster team or if you want to leave us a voicemail you can on anchor so go ahead and click through on the podcast open up anchor and you can leave us a voicemail and that way we can hear your wonderful voices asking us the questions and at the end of our quote panel next week well i will answer some of those questions if not all of them depending on how many we get so uh thank you uh, as always for being a constant in this community and keeping us going we we really appreciate it yes we love you guys you guys are all the best so thank you thank you thank you and we can't say thank you enough and uh now really quick we also have a word from our sponsor As always, this podcast is sponsored by Fred He Bakes. And for those of you going, I thought it was sponsored by Fred's BS. Rebranding, ladies and gentlemen. Fred is a one-man baking company who does some of the best cookies you have ever had in your life. And if you have not had them yet, change that. His flagship cookie is the Brown Sugar Buddy. It is a cross between a spice cookie and a molasses cookie and a ginger snap. And it is fantastic. And with the weather starting to get a little colder... 
in some places that still believe they have seasons, the brown sugar buddy is the perfect cookie to go into your hot morning drink of choice. Your coffee, your tea, your cider, your hot chocolate, your pumpkin spice latte. Get the cookie, dunk it, put it in your face. It is joy. He is also making maple brown sugar buddies, which is all the goodness of a brown sugar buddy, but with that wonderful Vermont maple flavor. And I have recently tried these and they are unbelievably good. And the third type of cookie, brand new this year, is the Big Chip Buddy. I want you to imagine one of those huge muffins that you get at Costco, the ones that are like four inches in diameter. And then I want you to just take the top off that muffin and get that muffin top. And that's basically a Big Chip Buddy. They are huge, soft cookies packed with chocolate chips. And if you like nuts, you can also get yours with nuts. But if you don't, they can be nut-free. They are these giant, soft, wonderful cookies. 100% recommend. They are the chocolate chip cookie. Unbelievably good. And Fred right now is doing sample boxes. So you can try the brown sugar buddies, the maple brown sugar buddies, and the big chip buddies all in one box. Get a little bit of everything, find out what you like, and then get more of what you like. Get it to your home. Of course, everything is made fresh. It's never frozen. Everything is made to order in small batches, and you cannot find these flavors in stores. That is fredhebakes.com, three words, fredhebakes.com, and use coupon code the Rooster Team for 20% off your entire order. Get some cookies, treat yourself. You deserve it. Also, if there's if there's a discussion about the uh the best pumpkin coffee if you have a trader joe's near you get yourself some of the pumpkin coffee because it's the absolute best (laughs) get get the pumpkin coffee from tj's and then get some maple brown sugar buddies and you dip the cookie in the coffee and then you eat it seriously the end amazing we should have done the live read at the beginning of the show when we were still talking about food. <laughs> I'm so miserable right now. <laughs> I, I want lunch. <laughs> this is what I get for not having a proper breakfast. Do you want to well, do you want to take no, no, take, no. Take, take a minute no. take a minute to to like order something so it's here by the time we're done? <laughs> no, no. No, fam, we are going to power through and then I will actually probably make a trip to TJ's because that's been on my to-do list. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to make myself some yakisoba when we're done. All good. All good. Yeah. All right. So on that note, guys, we have gotten a plethora of Ruby stuff so far. This RTX, we, we talked, um, the the scholastic panel talked about the books that have come out which have included the the two young adult novels we were touching on and also the book of fairy tales that exist within the world of remnant which is now available i'm so excited but that's not the only thing that we've gotten um we had the ruby panel and the ruby Gr- uh the ruby a uh, grim campaign panel as well and guys there is just so so much ruby to talk about this RTX. So uh, let's let's go ahead and get and get started with it. Uh, Mark, what did you think of like all the Ruby stuff that we've gotten so far? Because we've gotten like merch announcements. We've got a uh, you know a trailer for Volume Eight. Like I don't even know where to start. Like just what what's been your take on all the Ruby stuff so far? Man, like there's usually so much of the like third party merch stuff. I thought I thought that I was like okay it's sort of the same stuff it's more fashion lines it's this it's that it's the other thing and then there's my ass who sees 
four renderings of tiki mugs in the shape of Team Ruby and go, God damn it, they did it again. They did they they got me again. <laughs> Those monsters. Legit. Like the there was there was a lot. Um the one thing that I do miss from the Ruby panels in general is any sort of base touching with Ruby Chibi. And I know that that's as, as far as we know, done or at least up in the, in the ether, not that not, it's a different show, but the it's, it, it, it's just, there's just something (laughs) about, there you go. It's, it's just it like getting up, for the first Ruby show and seeing like a Saturday morning cartoon style thing of silliness and then talking about all of the grim, no pun intended, like storylines that we're going to be covering for the rest of the year was just sort of a nice little beginning. And I've been missing it the past couple of years. It's, it's like death, anger, murder, pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> The, the pancakes are nice. We've been missing the pancake. I want pancakes. Damn it. Stop talking about food. I'm <laughs> talking about food. I'm going to order from Denny's because I'm weak. Uh- <laughs> oh, God. That's a sentence. <laughs> I love Denny's, all right? I, I will fight a man for Denny's. I really like Denny's. Anyway, I'm with you on the tiki stuff. Honestly, the merch that stuck with me, for one... I somehow missed the fact that the fairy tale book dropped like four days ago. It dropped on the 15th. So while that panel was going on, I definitely trundled over to bookshop.org, which if you guys are buying books online, that's where you should be buying them from because they support local bookstores. So if you got to do your book shopping online, bookshop.org is the place to do it. So I definitely trundled over there during the panel and bought the book. So that'll be at the house in a few days. But the... One of the things they had that I was like, ooh, ooh, I want that, was one of the things that they didn't actually talk about when they showed their new merch line for Ruby, when they talked about their new fashion stuff. They have a sweatshirt and joggers for Ruby. And the way that these are made and the font that the the various fonts that the letters are in and just the fact that they're raised fuzzy letters, it's Disneyland merchandise. It 100% strikes me as like the sweatshirts and whatnot that you can get from Disneyland. And it's possible that this is just a me association because I definitely have a Donald sweatshirt that I got from Disneyland that's in almost that exact same style. But to me, I saw that and my brain just went, that's theme park merch. Oh my God, I miss Disneyland. Except the the, um, material is like one of the softest things in the world, unlike anything you would get at a theme park. <laughs> I, I, I will fight you over the Donald sweatshirt. It's comfy as hell. Fair, fair um, enough. It's also like 15 years old, so things have <laughs> changed. But yeah, I saw that, and I don't usually wear sweatpants, especially when they have the elastic around the ankles. I don't like that. And if I'm going to get a sweatshirt, I prefer it to be zip up. I don't like pullover. And I still looked at those and went, when would I wear these? No idea. Do I want them? Oh my God, yes. So (laughs) that's that and the Atsuko line because Atsuko does really, really good stuff. So I need to trundle on over there, open it up and be like, all right, Atsuko, what do you got for me? They do the best collaborations. 
So that's that's kind of where I was. I'm I'm here for the merchandise that they really didn't talk about. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. I need I need coffee. <laughs> um that I, you know you guys know me. I need caffeine to live. So when they they mentioned that they were were coming out with a a brand of coffee that was also going to exist within the world of Remnant, uh, that made me really excited. And I, I like that they addressed it in a later panel too. Of like, why didn't you do Team Coffee branded coffee? And they were like, guys, we we know we thought about it. That Maybe was in the future. Eddie. That was Eddie yeah. getting shirty about that. And I love it. <laughs> Lord Daddy Eddie. Lord Daddy Eddie. Lord and Daddy he's, Eddie he resist. turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, and we're done. Good night, everybody. No mas. But, um, but yeah, no. All this stuff looked really good. I mean, it goes without saying, the Yang bomber jacket. Sold out instantly yeah i like to the point where i'm like i'm not even gonna bother it's gone it's gone (laughs) but it looks amazing um one of the things that i was really excited about was uh the collaboration that they they talked about during this year's online comic-con the collaboration with babs tar and i'm still really excited for that so all good stuff all good stuff Oh, and that particular merch is dropping on October 30th. So a little late for my birthday, but eh, I'll treat myself later. (laughs) Your birthday is the day after tomorrow. (laughs) So yeah, it'll be like a month late uh, birthday present to myself. But but yeah, all all good stuff. Um, So yeah, all the merch looks really cool. All the, 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 the cool branded collaborations that they have. Like every year, I'm never disappointed <laughs> in like the merch options that they have available. So really excited for all of that stuff. Um, one thing that they talked about was uh, on the Ruby panel itself was sort of the production for the like volume seven, eight, and nine kind of together as a whole. They were all greenlit together. And right now they're currently, uh, uh, if what they we can take in the panel as true they're almost done writing volume nine um and like it like that's really cool to know and volume eight is going to be premiering on november 7th asterisk asterisk yeah asterisk. um maybe <laughs> if all goes well, if all goes smoothly it will be premiering on november 7th uh just let's go ahead and get just talk about this like what we got to see was a little bit of a trailer and if you haven't gotten a chance to see the trailer yet guys we're not gonna do a spoiler warning because the trailer's on youtube now there's a trailer yeah there's a trailer it's on twitter it's i i think it's on youtube i don't know but um but yeah go check out the trailer on their twitter um and then come back here, I guess, for the rest of this discussion. So, guys, what did we think of the trailer for Volume 8 and all of the little tidbits that we've gotten um, for what we can expect for upcoming volumes? Katie, let's start with you. First of all, what I really appreciated was that we had our first technical difficulty of RTX at home smack in the middle of this panel where they said, let's play the trailer, and it went to hold music. (laughs) So we got to see the literal last two seconds 
of the trailer and watching chat go completely ballistic was amazing. I mean, I'm sitting here going, hashtag same. Uh, hmm? Hashtag same. <laughs> Just, no! I mean, of all the times for there to be technical difficulties, it was for the Ruby trailer. And I mean, I, I again, I've been watching a lot of Overwatch League this year and them doing it from home has been saving my sanity. Let's be real. But every time there is a ridiculous technical difficulty, watching the live chat just go completely nuts and just be a wall of F, just F in chat for the stream. It, it, it's dumb. It's kind of schadenfreude sort of joy. Like, well, at least we're all in this together, screaming into the void, and then finding out after the panel that the panel itself was pre-recorded, so that's why they didn't replay the trailer right there. It was like, okay... And goes into, I appreciate that they were able to do this panel at all, even if it is pre-recorded to allow for scheduling. Like, I appreciate that. That said, once we actually did watch the trailer, I'm very excited for this. I'm, I've kind of been viewing 7, 8, and 9, which does not exist yet, as a sort of Lord of the Rings thing. We fellowshipped it up in here and things did not end very well at the end of that. And now we're kind of going into our Battle of Helm's Deep and I just want it <laughs> two towers is my favorite lord of the rings movie and i know people will fight me on that and i don't care i will meet you in the ring i'll fight you over two towers and denny's god damn it grudge match <laughs> grudge match <laughs> grudge match i don't have a video game that i'm certain i can win above everyone else i'll meet you in the pit and play ddr beat you in that anyway <laughs> nice I just, I'm, I'm so, so excited for this. And I know that it's partially because this is the only two seconds we saw before we went back and watched the trailer again, but the Salem has the lamp, doesn't know how to use it, and is sending a Grim as a scent hound to go find Oscar. Just, that's just a little scene that kind of wiggled its way into my brain and went, go, go. And I'm like, fuck, I love this. Mark, thoughts on the trailer? If there's anything that I can relate to right now, it's an older person not knowing how to use a pe- use a piece of technology, having to get a young person <laughs> to do uh, tech support for, and and that's mostly my vibe. No, like it. This this is this is a very interesting trailer. Um, the reverence that every all of the like cast and crew are talking about, like. Man, this was this was wild to work on. I'm both, uh, sc- I am scare sighted to uh, <laughs> to see this get finally released into the world, and it looks like our team is split up. It looks like uh, the Aesops are going full military. It there there's a lot of like implications that are are kind of spooky, and the only couple of clips that we've had have shown uh, that okay there's gonna be some levity but the amount of serious that everything else is is disconcerting a little bit it's 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 the uh saved by the bell i'm so excited i'm so excited i'm, I'm so, so scared, scared. Yeah. <laughs> it's that also dude if you need tech support call me <laughs> No, well, no. I'm. It, you mean it was a joke? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but I, I'm still sitting over here going, "Come on!" <laughs> Literally, my job. No, I do like the idea of old lady Salem being like Oscar. 
Oscar, young man, young man, please tell me how to use this. Have you Am tried I- turning gin off and on again? <laughs> do I do I have to put my hand somewhere? No. Oh, okay. The- do I have to rub it? <laughs> Where do I rub it? Okay. Take that out of context. Have fun. No. Um. It. it uh, that is a. Del- I'm waiting for the. Uh, I'm waiting for the fan comic. That'll be fun. Um. But yeah. No. This trailer looked amazing, and we've had. Teases from, I, I knew that they were writing um, volume eight as volume seven was airing, that they were getting well on their way into that. And, you know, the team has been teasing for ages that like, oh, you guys, I, I think it'll be maybe like once every couple of days, I'll see a tweet from one of the animators or one of the writers on the show, somebody who works at Rooster Teeth going, you guys are not prepared for Ruby Volume 8. And I'm like, no. Every every time I see a tweet like that, I'm like, no, I'm not. Um, can I have it, though? Uh, <laughs> and uh, look, like to be here, um, to see the trailer finally drop, and to, to be this close to the premiere of Volume 8, it is all very, very exciting. Um, but we also got uh, some cool little lore drops from some of the fan questions. Uh, we we got to find out uh, the birthdays that the the team Ruby has, and we got to find out uh, about Watts and Ironwood semblances. And one of my favorite things to find to come out of the panel was finding out that essentially tunnel vision slash stubbornness is Ironwood semblance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just. I mean, it's perfect, but also, you son of a bitch. (laughs) I actually really appreciated the tidbit that Watts doesn't have a semblance because he pretty much went, well, my brain can get me through all of this, and my ability to think my way through problems and invent things can get me through all of this. Why would I care about unlocking whatever semblance I might have? Excuse me. And I, I put it in my notes, he doesn't have a semblance because he's an intellectual prick. And I really do want to see that come back and bite him because the other person that markedly does not have a semblance in this show is Mercury. And that's because his was stolen and he was unable to get it back before dad was murdered. By him. By him. <laughs> so... I really appreciate in this show that a semblance is not a given, that the potential is there, but that you have to work for it, and that in certain circumstances, there is potential for you to lose it. I love addressing this, and I really do want to see that come back and bite Watts. Like, you have this potential tool for your arsenal, and you chose not to unlock it because you you thought something else would be better. Like, I love this. I love this. I love what it says about him as a character. And I love the bit of world building that it gives us. Just, I'm in. Yeah, it's interesting to see a character like Jean. It took him, it was an entire journey for him to unlock his semblance. And then to look at a character who's just like, nah, hard pass. <laughs> I think it's interesting that the the information was wasn't, he just doesn't have one, but that he didn't he found something else to put the work in for, which to me tells me that they could go back to that however long he survives, but they could go yeah. back to that in some way, shape or form. There could be a prequel book about all of the scientists in mantle who knows, but like 
that's something where it's yes, this is very much a character trope slash flaw, or not a, a a character trait slash flaw, and we might we, we might go back to it. I also like how fans t- like tweeting live were like it's metal M E T A L like no <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite there son um, homonyms I, though I homonyms do, yeah I do like how these are these are questions. There are usually questions that get asked at these panels where the people at the panel go, you should probably watch and find out. But these are ones that were asked so much and weren't inherently like tied to the story that they're like, yeah, okay, we'll give these ones. (laughs) Um, On that note, talking about how they they did the reveal for the uh, (laughs) Team Ruby's birthdays. Something that we we know is that, you know, Ruby's is Halloween. Uh, Weiss's is May 15th. Two days off of mine. Big Taurus energy. (laughs) Blake's is January 19th. Familiar to me. (laughs) (laughs) And Yang's is uh, July 28th. And... Uh, I don't know who all uh, who listens to our podcast is familiar with the artist on Twitter, A.G. Nonsuch, but uh, she has done work with Rooster Teeth in the past, and she does these adorable little comics for Ruby all the time. It's so cute. And I feel kind of called out because she uh, she did one about uh, Team Ruby's birthday is getting announced, and it has reactions from fans, stands, theorists, and lesbians. And I feel really <laughs> called out by the theorist panel because it's got the uh, <laughs> um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, like red thread the conspiracy theory. Yeah, wall. the conspiracy theory theory wall it's got going the conspiracy corner. They're born in spring, summer, fall, and winter. They're going to be maidens. Um, show me the lesbian one. <laughs> okay, but what are their rising signs? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Time and place of your birth. I need a full birth chart. But, like, I just, the reason I felt so called out is because literally, as they were listing off the months, I was like, fall, winter, Spring, summer, yep, yep, we got it, we got it, we nailed it. (laughs) Enemy spotted. I also appreciated that outside of the four main girls, no one has a canon birthday. Like, they just haven't come up with it, and therefore we had Carrie chatting about, well, Neptune's is May 1st, because that's also mine, and then uh, Miles making jokes about Jean's is either Leap Day or April Fool's Day. I'm like... I appreciate both of these, but let's be real. It's 4-1. <laughs> it's 4-1. <laughs> let's, let's be real. Let's go. Crow was born on the Friday the 13th of October or some madness. <laughs> Definitely a Friday the 13th. Definitely 13. a Friday the 13th. I'm going to go with October because spoopy season. So who who even knows? And that also kind of makes Crow and Ruby birthday, not birthday twins, but birthday close enough. And that's always fun. I, I mean, ever since they announced that... Um, you know, Ruby's birthday was Halloween. I think the thing that intrigued me the most about that is just that Rem- Remnant shares the Greco-Roman calendar with our world. <laughs> and I find that fascinating. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to create new systems like 
currency, language, <laughs> and calendars. That is world building hard mode. That is J.R.R. <laughs> Tolkien bullshit, and we cannot all be J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah, no, we don't have time for that. <laughs> no, he's the only one that has time for that. He was a linguistics master that created like five languages. You just kind of, that's that's the Tolkien extreme. Not everyone can do that. So sometimes you just kind of accept parallels with our real world because that's how brains work <laughs> and we need to not break them. <laughs> I don't mind at all. Um, <laughs> I like that shorthand. But yeah, um, we that's all of this really, really exciting. Looking forward to um, the release of volume eight. It's going to be a good time and also simultaneously wreck us. But there was one other thing I wanted to touch on just in terms of like the the merch um, and sort of Ruby as a franchise. Um, we, we got an announcement where a couple years ago, we thought this was the direction they were going when, with um, when Ruby and... Uh, various Ruby characters got brought into the Blaze Blue game, which if you've never played it, it is a good time. Well, at the time, we thought that as they were teasing it, that perhaps that meant that there was a Ruby game coming down the pipe. Uh, and we were disappointed to find out that no, we weren't getting a, a, a Ruby game, but that is something that they are doing with Arc Systems and WayForward this year, coming to console and PC in 2021. Mark, what was your reaction when uh, this part of the panel was announced? I was surprised to hear that it at first. I was like, WayForward, okay, that's a that's a pretty good, but it it gives them sort of a smaller scope of what type of game it could be. I'm still very excited, and that the fact that Arc System Works is still going to be involved in the publishing at some point. Either way, this is wonderful news. Any way that we can embody the characters of Ruby, that it, like it looks getting a hmm, it's a couple things. Sorry, I know I'm all over the place. No, one, it's okay. It's been it's, a day. One, it's licensing the characters to an outside studio. It makes me feel like the in-house developing that they were trying to accomplish. I don't know if that says anything about that per se, but in terms of companies to work with, WayForward and Arc Systems are great companies to work with. And uh, the the game that they mentioned, River City Girls, is a side-scrolling beat-em-up. So maybe we get a side-scrolling beat-em-up style uh, Ruby game. Maybe we get a... like The thing about WayForward is it traditionally, it's like at least their biggest franchises are side-scrollers. So if it's some sort of a, a side-scrolling game that takes place during season seven or what do they say? Season six, season seven. I, it escapes me. I'm sorry. Season, yeah, volume seven. It said volume seven. Um, but they've got like some of the stuff under there, like, Hey, ice King, why'd you steal our garbage? They did <laughs> DuckTales remastered. Um, they, they've done a fair amount of stuff, but it's mostly side scrolling stuff. So, I think it'd be easy enough to like lock down. This will be a side scrolling game of some sort. Either way, I'm excited. At what point of 2021 we'll see it? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows indeed. Katie, thoughts? I just think it sounds neat. <laughs> <laughs> I just think they're neat. 
I just think they're neat. Full Marge Simpson holding what is it? A potato? Potato. I don't know. Oh, Marge Simpson holding a potato, holding a ruby shaped potato. I just think they're neat. Um, I'm in, and honestly, I can appreciate that they have instead of trying to do everything themselves, that they are working with outside companies that specialize in this, because. As much fun as the first Ruby video game was, it had some problems. It really had some problems. And I know part of that is the computer I was running it on at the time was not equipped for things like that. But it it just... This is... (laughs) I'm a fan of Boba. I really enjoy Boba. I will not get Boba from any place that doesn't specialize in it. If your donut shop also does Boba, then you're a donut shop and I don't trust your Boba. It's one of those things where you trust the people who are really good at the thing to do the thing. And if you yourself are not that great at the thing, then it's better to get someone who's good at it than to try to do it yourself and maybe not execute as well. So I can appreciate that instead of trying to be a donut shop that also does boba, they have realized that they are a donut shop and they are getting a boba shop to provide the boba. Katie, what did I tell you about talking about food? Back on food, son of a bitch. That's just where my brain, but tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) Anyone who has had bad boba knows what I'm talking about. It's it's not that. uh, Do you have any other food-based metaphors or similes that you could present? Just so we can drag this out a little bit longer. I'm sure I will find one. But for me, that was the best way to explain my feelings. <laughs> well, uh, like, I mean, we've gotten, you know, Grim Eclipse. Uh, for what it was, it was a good time. But yeah, it's, you know, Rooster Teeth is not a game studio. And like, they shouldn't have to be a one-stop shop for every kind of entertainment. Like, um and, you know, there's Amity Arena, too, um, if mobile games are more your thing. So, like, and, and Ruby, you know, Combat Evolved as well. And, you know, there, Ruby has franchised out games in the past. This is nothing new. I do like the idea of them having used their, the, the, uh, these characters' presence in Blaze Blue as a kind of like we're testing the water, seeing how uh, a partnership with Arc Systems would work. So I I'm looking forward to it because Arc Systems is very pretty, and I very much enjoyed playing as the, the Ruby characters in Blaze Blue. Um, whenever I played with my brothers, it <laughs> it was a lot of fun, and the combos are great, um, and the team attacks are a lot of fun. So I am looking forward to seeing what uh, what they have in store with this partnership with Way Forward as well. So guys, um, we have been talking for a while. Now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've been talking about um, longer than the panels themselves. Were, is there anything else Ruby related we want to touch on before we wrap it up for the day? Mark? I think we essentially covered it. I would like more information on when those geeky tiki's are coming out. But other than that, the sheer amount of Ruby stuff. Oh, I'm excited for the home release of volume seven, which is coming out like next week because they're the, chaotic energy that would come from some of the from home commentary that they did i'm just interesting to hear i'm interested to hear what that's like katie 
I just really liked when they were talking about the fairy tale book and E.C. Myers did Animal Crossing creations of all of the Ruby fairy tales and they were just cute as fuck. And they, the some of the stuff that he had for those, some of the props and costumes, not easy to get. So that looked like an undertaking. I thought that was adorable and I appreciate him going the extra mile. And he also commented that when reading the fairy tale book that we need to think about what the teller brings to the stories and that there's a lot of half-truths and outright lies in the stories and in Ozpin's afterward in the book. So I appreciate that. I appreciate pointing out unreliable narrators and bias and whatnot in stories. I just, I like this. And I cannot wait for the fairy tale book to show up and be in my hot little hands so I can put it in my eyeballs and read it and love it forever. Ozpin's been dead since volume three and he's still finding ways to lie to us <laughs> I mean he's back he's just kind of hiding a little bit because his ex showed up with a new makeover and he doesn't want to deal with that <laughs> big mood big mood um, power move from Salem <laughs> we stand an evil queen we? Um, no we don't but she is she's amazing um I'm really excited. I'm excited for volume eight. The fa- But I, yeah, I think so far the thing I'm most excited for is just in terms of like what I can immediately access is in fact that fairy tale book. Um, I love stories within stories, if that makes any sense. And I've always appreciated whenever Ruby like a parable is told in Ruby. I appreciate it from a world building standpoint. I I also just kind of like fairy tales, so it's it's cool when you get introduced to a new world and the types of fairy tales that exist within that world. So th- I am really looking forward to that. Um, and I, I don't know if you guys have been watching, but like I'm enjoying the Ruby Grimm campaign that uh, is being run by Eddie Rivas. So I'm looking uh, I'm looking forward to getting more of that as well because uh, it's. Honestly, it's just fun. Like Ruby's been really, really super serious um, over over the last few seasons, and not that that's a bad thing. I I love the more mature and dark direction that it's been taking, but it's also fun after like something super heavy like Volume Seven to get a group of a bunch of agents of chaos going woo Leroy Jenkins to an extent. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you really do just need to Leroy Jenkins something. Learn by doing, right? <laughs> Bring it back around. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to more of that. Uh, all in all, just more Ruby goodness is always a good thing. So uh, I think on that note, do we have any other final thoughts on just week one in general overall? Mark, final thoughts on week one. A pretty solid start. Um Ultimately, I think they they provided a fair variety of show types. It's we it's still very much along the same vein of all of the podcasting and shows that they've been doing from home up until this point. So if you haven't watched any of the stuff that they've been doing from home for some reason, or it maybe you caught a panel for something that you don't you hadn't been familiar with i hope you found something new that you can take with you into the future whether it's something that's not out yet or something that they've been doing for a couple seasons like chump or effing around with if you and fiona but like rtx is a good time to get caught up 
on certain projects, certain shows, certain IPs that maybe you didn't give a chance to before because they give a bit of a like overview as well as what's coming next. So good start. Let's hope that they can keep it going all the way through till next week. I, most of what I think about this week, I said early on when I said I really do appreciate that they are able to do this at all and that we are getting an RTX in the year of our Lord quarantine. Like this for what it is and for what they need to do in terms of social distancing and keeping people safe. I think that this is pretty dang well executed. And again, I can appreciate a good technical difficulty that just drives everyone up the wall in unison. It's it's very crunch time and I very much enjoy it. So yeah, I'm honestly, I'm just grateful that they're doing this at all and that we are getting these announcements and getting this news and seeing how people are doing. Like I'm, I love this. I'm very happy. Yeah, I I know it's not the same as actually all of us getting to be there and everything like that, but it's really cool that they're doing this online so that we can still have some sort of community experience in a time where like just our community in general, just in terms of like hanging out with friends and coworkers and things like that, all of that feels very disconnected right now. So I really appreciate Rooster Teeth having an event where they're like, hey, community, come together, even though physically we're still all apart. Like, we're we're all in this together. So it's nice to just have something <laughs> to rally around, um, you know, something fun to rally around with a, a group of friends. So thank you, Rooster Teeth, for uh, putting RTX on this year. And uh, even though not everything this week landed with me, I am really excited for stuff that's coming up soon. Um, And yeah, just thank you again. And I can't wait to see what the rest of this week has in store. So on that note, Mark, where can people go if they want to keep up with you? You can keep up with me at twitter.com slash markbedonica. I also stream on Twitch every now and again. And my wife and I have a show about theme parks called Party of Two, which you can find on Twitter at Party of Two Pod. Uh, We've come back for the second half of our third season. We've talked about how to implement SpongeBob into Universal Parks. We've talked about how the pandemic has affected Universal's opening of Epic Universe and what all of those lands could look like or where they could go. We're going to be talking about Atlantis this week, like just the concept of Atlantis in theme parks. We've got a lot of fun stuff planned. So if you want to come hang out, head over to twitch.tv slash markbedonica, follow there, or hit, well, both, do both, what the hell, and uh, <laughs> twitter.com slash party of two pod to follow us along over there to know when we go live or just any sort of theme park news, if you're interested. I'm Katie. You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaxe. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. If you like reaction videos to Rooster Teeth things and other things, they live on that YouTube channel. I'm also doing a little bit of Twitch streaming and I am on a podcast called On The Point. It is an Overwatch and Overwatch League podcast and we're we're kind of in a bye week right now. But once All Stars starts up again, we are going to have a blast talking about it. 
And be sure to follow our co-host, Stacey Shuttleworth at Stacey Shuttles on Twitter. Uh, do do that. She's great and wonderful. We love her. And I am Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at The Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel called Silver Screams where Katie and I talk about horror things. And I am on a Lost retrospective podcast called No Love Lost where my co-host Will Link loves Lost and I don't. And we talk about it. Um, be sure to follow the whole team here at the Rooster Team. And do not forget to hit us up with your questions for our continuing coverage of RTX next week. We want to hear from you guys. So, um, and again, thank you guys so, so much for, for listening. We really appreciate you. And uh, we have one more thing to say before we wrap it up. Well, two things. One. Supporting our sponsor supports us, so head to fredhebakes.com and use coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM for 20% off your entire order. And two, all the important things you need to keep in mind. So, my brain just stopped. Yay. It's okay. Take your time. Wear a mask. Even if you're just stepping outside to walk the dog or get the mail or whatever, wear a mask. Stay home if you are able. Support your essential workers. Black Lives Matter, Black LGBTQIA Lives Matter, Black Trans Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor, defund the police, support the post office, register to vote. We're getting to the point where mail-in ballots are starting to get set out, so register to vote and request your mail-in or absentee ballot if you need to. Actually vote. Every race matters not just the presidential race but down ticket all of them they all matter remember to vote because the only way we're going to get through this is if we take part in our civic responsibility and if we take care of each other basic human compassion you guys we love you stay safe thank you guys again for listening and we will see you all next time Do we need to add anything else or am I good to stop the recording? Um, I'm pretty sure we're good. Did did we have a specific sign off for Rooster Team Radio? I know with uh No, I don't think so. Um okay. I'll bring up like it's it I don't I think just see you all next time is fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. All right. I'm going to stop it then. Yep. <laughs>